Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live and today it is my honor and pleasure to have Emmy Award winner Michael Emerson with us. Michael, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure, uh, completely my pleasure. So before we get started on your projects, you are a multiple Emmy winner and nominee. Uh, you have been in this business uh, for 30 years. What is it like when you get that call that you've been nominated for an Emmy and just to get that recognition from your peers? Uh, what are some of the emotions that just run through your heart right then and there? Well, it, you always feel like you need to be pinched or you need to call somebody and say, is this real or did I dream it? it because it's a fairly big thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting and it feels, I'm sure everybody says this, it feels like some validation, like, yeah. you, like you've arrived, you can actually tell people that you're a working actor. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and not have them doubt you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, is uh, more than the award itself, just getting that recognition from the industry and from your peers. Uh, if I was to put you know, me in your shoes, I'm never going to win an Emmy, but I'm saying I just can imagine just the exhilaration that must feel. Now, uh, your first Emmy win came in 97 from the practice and then lost. Would you say lost is the show that was like the biggest break in your career? Yeah. I, I mean, in, in some sense, all the roles I've ever played on TV grow out of the serial killer I played on The Practice. Yeah. Um, but and I think I got lost because of that performance. But it, there was a long gap in between. Yeah. So, you know, I'd gone back to the theater and sort of stopped thinking about TV when I got the call to do Lost to, to do a three episode arc as a guest player. I, I had no idea. Fortunately, because I might have got really nervous if I'd have thought, you know, that the rest of my career was, you know, on the line here. So you had it kept, kept me around and it was thrilling, really a character actor's dream, mm -hmm. you know, to go in and do a little bit and make yourself indispensable somehow. So, so you, yes, ooh. Lost is, I guess, the foundation of it's, it's why people know me and it, it should, certainly has opened the door to the rest of the work I've done. Now, so you had no idea when you came on to Lost that you would be there for like 79 episodes. <laughs> no, no, it was supposed to be three and then it turned into six. And then pretty soon I, you know, they weren't letting me go home and I, I had brought enough clothes to stay there that long. So uh, <laughs> it, it was kind of surprising. Looking back at the character of Ben that you played in Lost, um, did you grow an attachment to that character, having played it for like what five, six seasons, seventy nine episodes? Did you feel as time went on, the writers started writing around your personality, and the character of Ben, you know, became a part of you? Yeah, all of that is true. I mean, you can't help. I mean, when you play a character for five years, you become the authority of that character, and the work of it becomes really second nature to you. You, 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 stop half, you stop having to even think about character or 
what does this character do? Mm-hmm. It becomes more like, what would I do? Exactly. Meaning he, Ben Linus. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it, that, in, in a way, it becomes quite easy. And, and you can relax into the work and spend more time uh, playing with it and less time just trying to conquer the thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Lost, I would say, was is one of the top shows in the last 20 years. I mean, it was just a, a phenomenon. It took, it took TV by storm. Uh, it was just a huge hit. When you came on the show, uh, it was just starting to build momentum. Did you know uh, when you came on to the show that this thing, you know, is has the possibility of becoming what it ultimately did become? And it became part of pop culture uh, back then and kind of still is today? I knew it was a hot show because my wife was addicted. I wasn't watching it quite as much as she was. So she she was even more excited than I was when I, I got offered the job because I mean, she just couldn't wait to see me in that world. I'm, I bet she must've and, been. And then of course she ended up being in that world cause she, you know, she played strangely yeah. my mother mm-hmm. in some flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. That is a, that is a little bit weird. All right, let's move on to evil. Now that's the show that you are currently on. I love it. I'm a huge evil fan and uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what makes evil so special. And I love the writing, first of all. The acting is phenomenal. It's not like you're straight up. It's not a dark show, okay? Even though it deals with uh, exorcisms and demons and whatnot, the way the writers portray it, and this goes, you know, to give props to the writers, directors, and the producers, and of course the cast, it comes across as great character storytelling uh, with the element of demons and evil in the world. When you first got the script to Evil and you auditioned, what were your thoughts on your character in particular, Leland Towson? Well, I knew the show had a great pedigree because the kings know what they're doing. And I know they write for grown-ups, and they write for grown-up actors. And I'm one who tries to follow good writing. Yeah. That, that, that's how I make, that's how I choose what to work on. There wasn't that much Leland Townsend in the pilot, but I could tell yeah. how, he was, how he was being positioned and that he would be the force of chaos or mischief. He would be the adversary. <clears throat> a dangerous one and one that's hard to put your finger on. I, I liked all of that, a sense of mystery, like what is he doing? What is he even? Is he human? Exactly. Is he a demon? See, all that, of that is good. It's just a lot, a lot of questions. And I, I, I like working in that environment. Yeah, yeah. And today, even to the latest episode, we still have questions. What exactly is Leland? We have gotten some hints throughout the show, but we don't know if you're telling the truth, uh, that when you were a teenager, you were bored and you summoned the devil, uh, because years of praying to God, 
you never got answered, but as soon as you sold your soul to the devil, everything was granted to you. But is he telling the truth? And we've also seen the vulnerability of Leland Towson. Uh, Kirsten has a way of getting under his skin, and she knows exactly which buttons to push to get under his skin, while David, played by Mike, who's brilliant as well, uh, is just frustrated with Leland. Uh, So he's a very multifaceted, complicated character. Do you attribute that all to the writing? How much of that is you? How much of that is your take on the character that you injected into Leland? And how much of it is the writers? Well, it's good. It's good. It's good on the page to start with. So I, I have a lot, a lot to work with. And it's relaxing because I, I don't have to spend any time trying to make to improve the writing. All I have to do is kind of show up and play it as well as I can or as many different ways as I can and let them pick. But they seem happy with Leland being both frightening and uh, puzzling, but with with him being kind of funny and occasionally a real wimp. So it's it's hard to keep a grasp on him. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, he's all powerful. And then sometimes we think, oh, he's just a whining baby. So he's someone that has gotten hold of some power, and I don't think he fully knows how to use it. Exactly, exactly. He's a manipulator. He knows how to play people, but I would say he is a little bit thin-skinned. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, he's insecure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's more than a little insecure. <laughs> Now, the conversations that we see you having with what we are led to believe is the devil himself, which is portrayed as a talking goat. Uh, How do you feel about that? When you read that, uh, you're like, wow, this is really odd. Or did you like, you know what, this is going to work. This is going to flow nicely. Well, I I thought it was very interesting on the page. And I thought, how exactly are are they going to do this? And so then I show up on the set the first day that we had a scene together and there was Marty Matulis in the full getup, all already on set. And I, I was just floored by the, the scale of it, the weirdness of it. And then to sit down in a tiny room and play these scenes, <laughs> trying to, and not knowing you know, well, what's Leland's role? Uh, and what I thought was, oh, the audience is going to be so shocked. It's, it's going to be so strange and horrifying. I thought Leland will play the opposite of that because Leland apparently sees this character on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. This character seems to be his counselor or shrink or something. And Leland is tired of him and bored and resentful like like a teenager is of a domineering parent or something so i thought oh that's the way that's the way for this scene to be strange yeah it's yet strange register the monster room (laughs) it's strange but yet it works you are uh not the comedic relief but you are the part that brings sort of the uh wild card 
to this show? The question yeah. mark. Uh, we don't know what you're going to do next. And that is exemplified with your relationship with uh, Christine Lottie. Uh, yeah. Amazing actress. She plays uh, Kirsten, uh, uh, sorry, Cheryl, Kirsten's mom. Now, do you feel that Leland uh, influenced her in such a way to where her character has really become darker now and uh, the Leland's influence over her has sort of flipped her over into the dark side a little bit? Well, it's possible that Leland has influenced her and taken her to a darker place. It, it is also possible and seeming more likely to me that she was already on the dark side. Okay. Why? Because because she went there so easily, mm -hmm. so enthusiastically. That, that's what attracted her to Leland, I think, was she had found a kindred spirit. Yeah, and what surprised me is that the way you treated her when you dumped her, you basically... Like you just said earlier, you got bored of her. She was of yeah. no use to you anymore, so you just dumped her. And she could have really uh, destroyed you, uh, you know, yeah. by talking to the right people. But yet she chose to hold back, you know. She only yeah. told her daughter what she needed to know. Me and Leland are no longer together, so she can get back to her grandkids. So in some respect, would you agree that she is still protecting you in some ways? Yeah, they have descended into a kind of a platonic partnership of mischief, I think. Yeah. No longer romantic and a little tired of one another, but partners nonetheless and with a joint interest in certain projects. Exactly. Now, do you think that was Leland's intention from the beginning when it kind when it came to Cheryl or did he was he really willing to go through with that marriage and implant himself into Kirsten's life as her stepdad that's an excellent question and I I can't tell if Leland is playing a long smart game or if he's just an opportunist trying to keep as many plates in the air at one time as he can. Yeah. I mean, my opinion, uh, because of how impulsive Leland is, uh, he's the kind of guy that will try something, not really think of the long, long game. And if it works, oh, great. If it doesn't, he'll just dump you, move on to his next thing in causing mischief as much as possible. So right. that brings us to his latest stunts in him trying to get an exorcism from the church. Uh, you know, did the writers explain to you why is Leland uh, trying to get an exorcism uh, and especially done by Mike Coulter, David Acosta to perform the exorcism? Is it just another way for Leland just to, you know, thumb his, uh, thumb David in the nose and just, you know, push himself into his life? Is he just playing games for his own pleasure? Why do you think he, he's just doing this whole exorcism bit? What's his motivation? Well, Leland is always playing games, but this business of the exorcisms, it's not as random as that. It, it dovetails into his long-term agenda, which is to shake the faith of David 
and keep him from becoming a priest. Now, why he's so dead set on that project, I'm still not sure. It well, has something to do with what's gone in, on in the past between them. Exactly. And I think it's just like we've seen in countless movies and TV shows in the past, when it comes to demons, uh, their biggest trophies are to get people of faith and to break their faith, especially people in the church. Yes, you know? that's, that's, that's so true. And that would be such a trophy yeah. for him. Yeah, to get the soul of, uh, you know, ready to become priest. Uh, how do you get into the mindset when you get on set to portray Leland? Is there anything you do? Have you gotten comfortable enough with the character now? It being uh, you've already shot two seasons that it's a lot easier for you now as it was in the beginning. So what do you do to get into the mindset of this mischievous we don't know if he's a demon yet, a human. We don't know what he is, but how do you how do you do that? I just come onto the set in, in the mindset of I'm going to I, I'm going to play some games with people, and I, I'll I'll try a number of different strategies and see and see what works, and I'll I'll pay close attention to how they react to me, and and I'll have fun. Yeah. Because I'm I'm smarter and meaner than any of them. Well, at least so you thinks. think you are exactly. Uh, <laughs> Leland is definitely a narcissist. Yeah, without any doubt. Uh, looking at all your prior roles, uh, are you having a lot of fun portraying Leland? Well, I I am having a lot of fun. Yeah, in, in part because the, the role has turned out to be more theatrical mm -hmm. than, than I even thought when I read the pilot. I, I, have, a, I have a lot to do. And there, he, he does a lot of play acting and pretending and teasing and misdirecting people. And all of those are fun strategies and they can be played fairly broadly uh-huh and it, it, it's it's fun to see how much how much he can get away with not not just within the narrative of the show but how much can i get away with <laughs> as, as an actor before the audience says no no it's too much it's too much does your theatrical background really help you with playing this character oh oh my god yes this is the this is the one, maybe more than any other one that I've played on TV. This is the one where I feel many days I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm back on stage. This but, is, you know, it's like uh, uh, it's like ser uh, serving a grisly dinner to Cheryl. <laughs> that, that's all about, you know, juggling the plates and the swinging door and doing the dialogue at the same time. You, you know, it's like keeping track of 15 things at once. That, that's so often what you're doing in a stage play. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, as, it's as much fun and as satisfying to execute now as it used to be to, to be on Broadway, say. Awesome. Now, as Leland's character continues to progress, uh, is there anything that the writers would throw your way that would surprise you? I mean, I think, Leland, there is a slight chance that we might see some kind of redemption arc and him 
flipping towards the light, you know, for lack of a better term? Or do you think, do you like that idea or do you think that would just mess up the whole character? No, I'm, I'm willing to go wherever the writer's room wants to go. And it, it is true that in the second season, we've begun to see the cracks in his armor. He seems a little more vulnerable. And I, I, I sometimes think if he had a really formidable enemy from the dark side that threatened his very existence, yes. where would he go for allies? Exactly. But, but see, he, he, but then he would be the boy who cried wolf because he keeps going to David saying he needs his help. You know, the, 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 they're after him or something like that. But often, you know, he's winking while he does it. So I don't know. Or eating popcorn at church. <laughs> at church. <laughs> <clears throat> now, uh, comparing Leland to Ben from Lost... Ben was another uh, complicated character, not really a horrible, not the best uh, person, flipped back and forth. Uh, are there any similarities in your mind between Ben and Leland? Sure. They, they are both game players. You know, they're both working, they both have projects, complex projects that they're trying to push forward and they're good liars all, all of those things are in common they they have different hearts though you know leland is an antic character he's a uh, kind of vaudevillian he's he's playful and he's busy ben was more of a tortured yes. person mm -hmm. a, a person who had committed himself to some ideals or some agenda that had had turned against him and had ruined his life. Yes. Yes. So he's a more I agree tragic with that. figure. I, I haven't yet quite found that much tragedy in Leland, which yeah. is not to say that that couldn't come in mm -hmm. time. Yeah. I think Leland's uh, arc is really still beginning and we have a lot more to see and there's a long way to go. Now, uh, you know, when you guys were done with the first season of Evil on CBS, uh, did you feel that you guys had something special, that you it was going to get picked up again? What was the overall, you know, atmosphere and feeling on the set that, hey, you know what, we, we just did something special here, and there's a good chance we might get a season two, which you did, of course. The the response had been very good. I, I don't I, these days. I don't really know what the numbers mean anymore. Oh, it's but changed. I, yeah. I, I thought we had a following, and I, I thought critical response was good, and the response I was seeing online seemed good. I, I knew that it had the makings of a, a a show that would attract you know a passionate following. Mm -hmm. Maybe in some of the same ways that Lost did. You know, because it was it had mysteries. It had a mystery of the week. It had a formula kind of like the X-Files in a way, yeah. a show that I adored. Which and you were also on, I believe, in one episode. I was I, I was in the next to the last episode ever filmed. That's awesome. Of X-Files. That is so awesome. Uh, now, uh, it went from CBS to Paramount Plus 
which people, yeah. some people might think that's a demotion. It's not. In these days, that's a promotion uh, because we, we're seeing all the networks are taking their big hit shows and they're moving them to their on-demand streaming services because that's that's where everything has been heading and it's the future of television. Uh, what was the cast reaction that, you know, you guys were moving from CBS, I believe every Thursday night, and heading on over to Paramount Plus? I think at first none of us knew quite what to make of it. We, we didn't know what was at stake. We, we didn't know what the what the overall plan was. I, I, I think we've gotten, we've warmed up to it mm -hmm. quite a bit. When, when we see, I know, I know some viewers don't want to pay for another streaming service, but I think they will eventually. And I think it's an investment in the future for CBS because that's where it's going to be is yeah. streaming. And, and it, Oh, go on. Sorry. It, it, it also makes the production of the show maybe more appropriate to the material. We'll do a slightly shorter season, but it will be there. We are now allowed to be a little more violent, a little more profane, and curse. a little sexier. Yeah, use and foul language. That, I, think, I think that's the right feeling for the show and for its core audience. Exactly, because when you go from uh, network television over to a streaming, you don't have that FCC hovering over you as much as they would on CBS. And CBS yeah. in particular has taken all of its hit shows and moved them to Paramount Plus. And I totally agree with you. Uh, has the, the, the pace of filming changed in season two because it's on Paramount compared to what it was in season one when it was on CBS? No, because we, we had completed season two before they made that change. Oh, okay. That announcement. Okay. So when, when we begin filming again on season three in November, then we may see a different feeling. But it's, it's the same production team, and CBS is still the yeah. maker yeah. of the show. So I don't expect it to feel much different. Now, does it, as an actor, do you feel like what you just mentioned, the liberation of being more sexier, using foul language and not have to cut things back for network television as an actor do you feel like some of the shackles have been released you know i work pretty well within within the boundaries so i did i didn't feel like i was contained or you know squelched in any way on no, no matter who was producing it yeah because my, my character going over, the success of my characters don't really depend on a lot of those issues. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Leland is not the the character who, you know, we're going to see using a lot of foul language or anything like that, as opposed to Cheryl, for example. <laughs> uh, now, you've been uh, in this business for a long time. What are your feelings, and the majority of your work has been on TV, whether it's TV, television shows, movies for television. How do you feel about the progression of television from the 90s to where we are today? Has it become a lot more accepting, open, uh, better storytelling? 
as opposed to what it was back in the 90s, more constrained, uh, trying to make sure to avoid uh, uncomfortable situations to some viewers. Overall, how do you feel the progress of television has, you know, become over the over the decades? Well, apart from there, just plain being way more work of all sorts, so many more platforms and networks and streamers and stuff. I think that the industry has matured and it has become more sophisticated, I think, because the movies are no longer making as much material for grown-ups yeah. as they did at one time. It's a little more about spectacle and superheroes and all, all of that kind of stuff. So I, I think people have migrated from the movie theaters back into their homes mm -hmm. to look at these great shows that are in many cases very subtle, very thought-provoking with amazing performances and, and incredible production values. Yes. Yeah, I totally uh, agree with you. And I think just being a fan and just watching the progression of back in the 90s and then we got into the 2000s, I think we're getting there. Uh, you know, the entertainment industry is slowly getting there. And of course, COVID uh, sped up the pace of what was going to happen eventually where everything was moving to a streaming service. And you touched upon this as well. Uh, and there's a term for it when it comes to people paying for all these different subscription services, and it's called subscriber fatigue. Do you have all these different subscription services and... You know, a person may like this show from ne this network. They may like this other show from another network. My personal opinion is as time moves on, we're going to start to see a lot of mergers to try to lower the costs and make yeah. content more available to viewers. What do you think about that? I have a friend who says, you watch, this whole thing is going to go full circle and we'll be back where we were 40 years ago with four main networks. Except they'll be on the internet streaming over the top right. on our televisions. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, going back and forth with uh, Lost, what was your favorite fantasy element in Lost? That's a tough one. I mean... I, I I liked all the talk and action that had to do with an ancient religion yeah. or some kind of ancient spiritual entity. I liked the archaeology and anthropology dimensions yeah. of the show. That's true. And Lost, I mean, throughout its entire run... W took so many different turns. Some fans liked it. Some fans thought it got a little too weird. I personally uh, liked it. You are not, I don't want to use the word typecasted, but you're always uh, play this uh, mischievous, really hard to figure out character uh, because you're really good. I guess you have a great poker face. <laughs> And you hide your intentions really well. And I think that's why you get casted for these really character-rich roles. Uh, do you feel somewhat that you've been pigeonholed as this type of character? Or do you feel, no, no, I've done a wide variety of stuff that I don't feel 
I've been bookmarked to only play this type of character. I I don't feel very pigeonholed. Uh, I have played mystery men, and I have played verbal Mm -hmm. characters, I think. And maybe that's what I'm best suited for. I, I wouldn't. I don't see myself as a romantic lead or a rom-com kind of a yeah. guy. I'm I'm there. They're going to use me to solve certain writing problems. How do we get this material across? Or how do how do we find a character that does these five or six different things? And Emerson might be the one. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm happy to bring my little actor toolbox to the set and try to help solve those problems. I can't get out of my own skin and I can't really leave my own voice behind. But I do between series, I do some more kind of odd character turns as guest spots yeah. and, and stuff, you know. Where I, often I get to be, you know, I, I, I played a guy that does bug shows who was a little bit on the spectrum yeah. And and I played a, a rich art collector who thinks he's living in the 15th century. You, you know, that that kind of stuff, you know, m- madmen and losers of different sorts. I, I, I I'm, I'm ha- you know, I'll I, you I'll, can I'll do anything. anything. You are if the writing's good. you are so talented. There is no role that you cannot conquer. Uh, now. uh in Lost, you were there for many, many years. Do you like uh, being locked in to a certain character for multiple seasons? Or do you want to have the ability to do, you know, a character maybe for a season or two and then go explore other options? Obviously, option A, there's job security. You know, you have job security on a hit show. You're not going to be going anywhere for a while. The, the the other side of that is it's the same character and you as an actor, as an artist, might get bored and you may want to try different stuff. I have yet to be on a show where I thought the writing began to fall off. Okay. That, 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 would be the, that would be the reason to stop. Uh, to, to, to leave a successful series, it would have to be because you you were bored or you had brought everything you could think of to the table and you were empty empty but i I, i've never felt that on any of the series i've been on okay because i always thought the writers were out ahead of me okay that's great uh now looking back on your career so far which project holds a special place in your heart more than others that's well, a tough one. You've been in a lot of stuff, and we're going back 30 years. But is there well, one uh, character, maybe even a character, that you really enjoyed? Lost was a great, uh, just a, a great event in in my life. The, the kind of Cinderella way that it happened and the broad support, the broad reach of it and the recognition of it, that was mm-hmm. great. But... I would have to say, you know, your first success on the New York stage is equally intoxicating, maybe more so. The first time 
I, I, we were in a third or fourth preview of the Iceman Cometh on Broadway, and I was one of the drunks who's on stage at, when the curtain goes up. And I was laying there, and I thought, oh my God, it's happened. I was so busy rehearsing, I, I forgot to notice that I have made my Broadway debut. debut. You're on Broadway. Now I, uh, I had to pinch myself. Yeah, I mean, that's every theater actor's dream. Uh, uh, it sounds like theater holds a big place in your heart. Uh, would you go back and do a Broadway show if asked again? It, it would. It would depend on the role and stuff. I haven't as much appetite for it <clears throat> as I once did, and as I thought I would always. And also, I'm not. I'm not sure I have done as much nerve or stamina as I once had to to walk the tightrope yeah. like that. How? Is, who knows? In, in the right part. How is the work environment? theater compared to motion pictures i mean uh you know broadways uh sometimes you do two shows a day like there's matinees and then there's a night showing that yeah. sounds really grueling and vigorous uh as compared to maybe the ability to do it on film well yeah you're working on a schedule but there's a little bit more time as opposed to theater uh how would you compare the two i think in the in the theater well, because you have this amazing 2,000-year-old tradition behind you, you, you feel like you're part of something ancient. Yes. And, and it, it's a more ritualized undertaking, which I, I find pleasing. You also have more of a sense of family. The cast of a play, they're, they're together day and night during rehearsal and then every day and doing the entire project every day. So that's a that's a kind of a nice bond, mm -hmm. a great friendship. You know, you do the play every night. You go out afterwards. You talk about it. It's it's a it's, it's a family. Fun. It's great camaraderie. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. That's, that's awesome. It's like a family that you're there with every day. Uh, Michael, I know you only you're a very busy man, and we're almost out of time. I want to thank you so much for giving us this time and sharing your thoughts. I very much look forward to seeing Leland's continued character arc and seeing yes, which you. way the writers are going to take him. And I'm going to love watching how you portray that arc. So definitely going to be glued to that. Uh, so it is confirmed. Season three is confirmed for evil. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Great news. Thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go? No, I just want to thank you for having me. It was a nice conversation. It was. It was an absolute pleasure and an honor talking to you. Thank you so much. I want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in this afternoon. I want to thank Michael. On behalf of Michael and myself, stay safe, guys. Till tomorrow, stay walking. Bye-bye.